Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning, friends. Come on in, pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn, and we're so excited to have you with us here in the St. Gabriel Cafe this morning. Amanda is out today, so we're missing our feminine genius. But Cam Clutter, our barista, stepping up to be our co-host. Good morning, Cam. Good morning, Dave. Put me up to plate, coach, because I'm ready to swing. (laughs) There you go. Cam and I will kick off our Advent Adventure Reflection Series, Rejoice Advent Meditations with the Holy Family. Then at about 820, Sister Marianne Fatula from the Sisters of Peace right here in Columbus will join us in the cafe to bring us to the feet of the saints to ponder the sacred mysteries of the Mass and the Eucharist. Then at about 8.45, Teresa Vavona from the Office of Catholic Schools will chat with us about the Emmaus Road Scholarship Fund that helps families afford a Catholic education. And that's a good thing. Amen. How you doing, Cam? Doing well. Do you start us with a prayer? Yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you and praise you for waking us up this morning, for being with us as we start our day. We thank you for the blessing of being able to be on the airwaves today on the St. Gabriel Cafe, and for all of our friends who are listening, wherever they might be. We pray that you would walk with all of us intentionally today, that you would draw us deeper into your heart, that you would reveal to us more the fullness of your goodness, Lord. And I pray that your goodness would would be with us and in us today, that we would recognize where in our lives you are good and that we would chase after that goodness with all of ourselves. And Mother Mary, we especially entrust it to you we, we give you our days and we pray that you would serve them to the Lord in heaven, that you would give them over to him and draw us all closer to his heart. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The church celebrates the Feast of St. Andrew today. Yeah. Uh, St. Andrew is the patron saint of fishermen. I understand that one. Singers. Any idea why? No. We'll have to look that up. And several countries around the world. So St. Andrew, pray, pray for, for us. us. Actually, when I was looking up the several countries that St. Andrew is the patron saint of, um, when it, what number do you think of when you think of the word several, Dave? Uh, four or higher. Okay. Or, yeah, four It was definitely higher than four. I think I counted, I stopped counting at about six or seven. And I was like, oh, this is several. Oh, wow. Okay. So, he, he's got a lot of country patronage. One of them actually was Russia. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either, but I thought to myself, oh, we should pray for St. Andrew's intercession for the country of Russia. I know there's still a big conflict going on over there between Ukraine and Russia, and I, I think with all the other events going on in the world, sometimes it can be easy to forget uh, about things that have been going on for a long amount of time. But I think it's important to 
ask our friends in heaven, our saint friends, um, like St. Andrew, for their intercession. And since that is his place of patronage, we can ask for St. Andrew to intercede in that area, too. So some of the other countries, well, he, he's actually the patron of both the Ukraine and Russia. There you go. That's huge. That he is the patron of both countries. Yeah. So come together and uh, ask for St. Andrew's intercession, as well as Barbados and Romania. Interesting. I want to find out why he is the uh, patron of singers. So. I don't know. If Will Turk is listening, Will, can you look it up and send me a text? <laughs> <laughs> so today we kick off our series that we've been talking about, getting excited about. Uh, Father Mark Toop's book, Rejoice, Advent Meditations with the Holy Family. So friends, what we're going to do uh, each weekday here uh, while the cafe is open uh, during Advent We'll be reading a short meditation and then a scripture passage and then break it open uh, with a little bit of Lexio and really um, do it through the perspective or with the perspective uh, of Mary and Joseph's uh, marriage and the family that they are anticipating with the arrival of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So today's, should we introduce the theme or come back to that, Cam? Should we say it up front? I think we can come back around to that. I think it is worth saying, though, that today is not the start of Advent, though. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> we know that here in the cafe, actually. <laughs> Great point. This, um, yeah, this is for Sunday, which is the first day of Advent. Right, and since we won't be doing, because good we don't point. do the, because the cafe is closed on the weekends, yeah. Um, we won't be able to do the Saturday-Sunday with all of you. So we wanted to make sure that we started on day one. And since tomorrow is the Sacred Heart Hour, the cafe is also closed tomorrow. So today is day one for us. And then after that, we're just doing Monday to Friday. And it's on everybody to do Saturday, Sunday on their own, including us. Yep, so. exactly. Including us, the our friends at Generations, as well as the Marian Gift Shop at St. Paul's have both ordered uh, copies of Rejoice. If you're interested on uh, picking up a copy, uh, please support our local uh, retailers. Uh, if you want to purchase it online, you know where to go. Look for Rejoice Advent Meditations with the Holy Family by Father Mark Toops. So, shall we begin, Mr. Clutter? Absolutely. Okay. Sunday of the first week of Advent, Father Mark Toops talks about being available to God. He writes, What we know about Mary and Joseph as individuals helps us to know how they would have loved each other. We know that Mary was completely consecrated, that is to say, set apart to God. According to popular tradition, she made this vow as a child, a vow which included the exclusive offering of her virginity. We know that her heart was completely available to God. The Gospel of Matthew states that Joseph was a just man. To understand Joseph as just, we understand 
that his whole life was lived according to sacred scripture. As Pope Benedict XVI explains, a just man, it tells us, is one who maintains living contact with the word of God. He is like a tree planted beside the flowing waters. The flowing waters from which he draws nourishment naturally refer to the living word of God. Joseph's heart was completely available to God. Mary and Joseph loved each other chastely because they were completely available to God. Nothing was off limits. Because their hearts were completely available to God, their relationship was also completely available to God. God knew their urges, their longings, and their desires, as well as their fears, their temptations, and struggles. Because they were completely available to God, their relationship was free from complication, distrust, or secrets. It has been said that we are, free, are, we are as free as our secrets. Within the wisdom, relationships are as healthy as they are in the light. When we hide things from one another and do not feel free to share our hearts, our relationships atrophy. When there are topics that are off limits, or when we cannot talk about the deepest longings of our hearts, our relationships atrophy. The opposite of being completely available is to hide, to protect, or even to deny our hearts. Imagine if you were as free as Mary and Joseph. Imagine if you were completely available to God as they were. This requires courage and trust. Mary and Joseph show us how to live with our hearts completely available to God. Is there anything in your heart that has been hidden or off limits from him? Is there anything in your marriage, family, or relationships that have been hidden or off limits from your spouse or from others? Be not afraid. When we are completely available to God, we are completely received by him. When we are completely available to God, acknowledging our deepest desires and honestly admitting our needs, God makes himself completely available to us. Trust the process. Ask him for help. Do you want to be available? Can you ask him for help to be available? It's beautiful. That's from Father Mark Toops. Rejoice Advent Meditations with the Holy Family. Our scripture today is Psalm 139. I love this title, The Inescapable God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down, when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, Behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You beset me behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. 
if I say, let only darkness cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day for darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am wondrously made. Wonderful are your works. You know me right well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately wrought in the depths of of the earth, your eyes beheld my my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God, and that men of blood would depart from me, men who maliciously defy you, who lift themselves up against you for evil. Do I not hate them that hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe them that rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them with my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Again, I, I, I love the title of, uh, of this psalm, The Inescapable God, this conversation uh, that David's having with, uh, with God, just uh, acknowledging God's presence in all these different ways, you know, in the darkness and the light and the oceans, you know, all everywhere. There's no way to escape the inescapable God. And then it turns to praise. You know, you're wonderful. You uh, formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am wonderfully made. It really does put the action on us, right? Mm -hmm. Because what David paints a picture of in the psalm and what was really sticking out to me, um, just going into this passage and, and really asking the Lord, okay, what do you like draw me the connection here between Father Mark Toops talking about being available to God in this passage. Um, the thing we need most to be available to God is his presence always. Mm-hmm. And and David paints this beautiful picture in, in verses 7 to 12, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I f- flee from your presence? If I go to the highest height in heaven, there you are, the lowest low, even the darkness is not dark to you, God. And how often we can go through moments in life and how often I have gone through moments. And I feel like this is really what the Lord was stirring me where even in the darkest moments, I think to myself, 
oh, it's so dark, God must not be mm. near. I right. have to go and find him somewhere. I have to go and quest for him somewhere. Get out of the darkness and go right. look for him. Yeah. Let me let me yep. do something myself to get myself to where I need to be. When in reality, the Lord is there mm-hmm. in the entire time. And it's not that like quest to go find him so much as it's the recognition that he is there with me and being able to say, okay, Lord, I open myself up to you now then. And I think that's what he wants most. And at least from me in those darkest moments of my life and the, in the struggles and the things that I wrestle with that he wants me to in that darkness say, okay, you know, this, this might be dark to me, but it is not dark to you, Lord, because your light is, is greater, is bigger, is brighter. Mm. Yeah, he 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 wants. He doesn't need. He wants our searching, our seeking. You know, he wants us to pursue him. Donald, uh, Father Donald Haggerty uses a uh, uh, an analogy for uh, in terms of a contemplative prayer of uh, playing hide and go seek with your parents. You know, when, when you were a kid. Mm. Or, you know, with your father where, um, you know, the, the parent hides and, and the, and the kids looking for them. Mm. And there's that element of not knowing where the father is, but it doesn't get too scary because you know, it's a game in, Mm -hmm. in, in a way that, uh, that he's there that the father is there waiting to be found. And, and then that moment comes in, in the hide and go seek game where you find him and, and there's joy and there's an embrace that, ah, you, you found me. Mm-hmm. It, it's good to be here with you. Um, I think there's a big trust there on the part of, in the analogy of the little kid. And then on our part as, as children of God, to trust that he never left the house. That's right. Right? That's that exactly it. He might be hidden in the house, but he never left the house. He didn't, right. you know. That would be a cruel game. Right. <laughs> hey, well, let's play hide and seek, and I'm going to drive to the store and do all the grocery shopping. Yeah. Um, no, that that would be terrible. But yeah. recognizing that the father has never left the house that you're in, that he's still there, and that actually, like in his eyes, that's, that's exactly where he should be. Mm-hmm. Have you started playing peekaboo with uh, with Olive? Yeah, a little bit with with my daughter. Um, she loves being jump scared. Actually, this is <laughs> this is really funny. My wife will, um, and actually, very particularly from my wife, um, because it's like mom will go around the corner into the kitchen and then just kind of jump out from behind the corner. And um, Olive does. She's the best, and her favorite thing in the world to do over the last. Uh, several months honestly has been uh to growl she always makes this like Rah! sound you know and so we'll jump around the corner and growl at her and she like scream laughs and then she'll growl back too <laughs> and it's the it's the funniest thing that yeah. that that shows the trust also and you, and you you know play that game over and over again or you play peekaboo over and over again it never gets old <laughs> for the child um yeah and they know you know, they know that you're going to be there and that's, and, and, and that's that trust. That's the, the part of the game for them, you know, 
but it's always fresh, always new. How about the uh, bringing in Mary and Joseph uh, into this uh, availability and uh, being completely available to the spouse? Does that, um, just thinking about the, the first movement in all of our life should always be to God. But God's given us these human relationships to learn from in order to know him better. Yeah. And, and the Catholic church teaches in the sacrament of marriage that like the, the person who most can represent God to me outside of, you know, like a priest being in, in persona Christi in yeah the confessional, um, the person who most represents God to me in my day to day life is my wife. Um, that it was the two of us who entered into our sacrament together. And so, that that sacrament charges me to be like Christ to her and her to be like Christ to me. Um, and so, I mean, talk about becoming a saint together, you know, <laughs> it's, it's the challenge to like say, okay, you know, and hitting the bed at the end of the day and saying, how was I not Christ? Like, and then waking up in the morning, the next morning and saying, okay, my job today is to be like you, Jesus, to this person that you in my sacrament charged me with to be like you. Practical takeaway today. I think it's just that actually, um, leaning into recognizing that not just our spouse, but our loved ones around us, the people that the Lord has placed in our life, whether we like it or not, Mm -hmm. um, are, are really the people that we are challenged with in our Christian identity to be Christ-like to. And if God who, who, you know, the inescapable God, who is all, all love and all goodness and all truth meets us wherever we are, I think that that challenge to us is then to meet the people around us where they are and to then to like, you know, recognize in, in the lightness, in the darkness, at the highest height, at the lowest low Mm. in their life and their journey in their wherever they are, that you can meet them there the way Joseph meets Mary when Mary's like, hey, I'm pregnant and and I haven't slept with anybody. I'm sure there was this moment for Joseph where he was like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, this pause and then right. recognition that his job in being Christ-like is to meet Mary where she's at. To be present and available. Amen. Amen. Father, I humbly ask you to make this Advent my best ever. Help me to find you deep within. Teach me how to love with the freedom with which Mary and Joseph loved. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to refill our mugs and come back in just a couple minutes with Sister Mary and Fatula from the Sisters of Peace talking about the wonders of the Mass and the Eucharist, insights of the saints. A prayer for Ohio. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all of your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, 
we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and walking with pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Do you have a minute for lasting happiness? Living virtuously is the way to freedom, happiness, and holiness. To grow in virtue, we must learn about it, practice it, and persevere in it. This is what the saints have achieved with excellence. An excellent example of the virtue of gratitude is seen in St. Josephine Bakita. She lived gratitude heroically by having a thankful disposition of mind and heart despite a tragic childhood in which she was kidnapped by slave traders. She was eventually bought by a family who introduced her to the Catholic faith. She was then freed, baptized, and became a religious sister, living with great gratitude to God. Let us ask St. Josephine Bakita to pray for us, that we too may grow in gratitude. Educate yourself in virtue. Learn more at educationinvirtue.com. Welcome back to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Cam Clutter. And we're on the phone with Sister Mary Ann Fatula. Good morning, Sister. Good morning to both of you. God bless you on this beautiful feast of St. Andrew. Yeah, God bless you, Sister. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> Thank you. You, you are a Dominican sister, uh, Sisters yes. of Peace. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, thank you so much for, for your answering your call. And you have uh, served as a uh, professor of theology at ODU, right? Ohio Dominican University. You were there for more than 30 years. Yes, exactly. And you know, Dave, before we begin, I just want to ask the Holy Spirit to anoint. Yeah. And let's anoint our conversation. And to bless all of you at St. Gabriel's, all of your listeners and all of your loved ones, and uh, to grant that everything within us may be for the glory of the Blessed Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank <laughs> you, sister. So, right on. So in, so in my many years at Ohio Dominican, this was my number one priority, to proclaim um, the, the, the love and beauty and glory of the Blessed Trinity and to draw my students to, to love not a generic God, but you know the God who is truly our Father, the Blessed Lord Jesus, and the sweet Holy Spirit, and 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 how appropriate to talk to you today on this day in which we begin Saint um, Andrew Christmas Novena, because the physicality of the Lord at Mass with us and in the Eucharist. I mean, this is we are preparing for the physical birth of our Lord Jesus. So it is a beautiful time to be talking about the the beauty and wonders of the Mass and the Eucharist. And that is the title of your book, right? The Wonders of yes. the Mass and the Eucharist, right. Insights yes. of the Saints. You're good, sister. I like how you weave that right in there. It's uh, published by Sophia Press. Um, this is really a beautiful book, and it's especially uh, timely as we are in the midst of the Eucharistic revival. Yes. Exactly. I really, really like how you brought in some of our friends, the saints, uh, yes. to, to learn about the Mass and the Eucharist. Well, I must say, I do believe the Holy Spirit drew my heart to uh, to search out this, the sweetest 
dearest and most tender saints uh, who, who write in the most tender way and most profound way um, of uh, the, the, the tremendous, the infinite wonder of the Mass and the Lord in the Eucharist. And they're almost all doctors of the Church. Nothing in the book is mine, and everything is, is from these saints. And, and I must say that they are so... They become so dear and beloved. I mean, it, I, I, I really can't. I go back and back to what they say, because their 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 words are truly anointed by the Holy Spirit, and and we derive so much peace and contentment and and um, food for the soul in reading what they say. And I have found. I mean, I, I, I the Lord blessed me to draw me to daily mass. Uh, actually since the day of my first Holy Communion. Hmm. And, uh, but I must say, reading these saints and treasuring them, pondering them, the, the, the peace, the, um, the contentment, the quiet of soul, and, and we're living in such a troubled, busy, noisy world. I mean, even Christmas things are so not really just but noisy. And so the, to be drawn more, for example, the, the Holy Spirit may draw many of your listeners to, to, to come to daily Mass whenever they could, or to come early before Mass to pray before the Lord, uh, to stay after Mass, to go to Eucharistic adoration. This time of Advent is absolutely perfect for the Holy Spirit to work the miracles of peace in our heart by drawing us through what the saints say to a, to a deeper love and closeness for the Lord. I, I, I myself have been so so drawn and so touched by saints like St. John Chrysostom, who, who says, you know, the, the apostles had no, the apostles at the Last Supper and at the crucifixion had no advantage over us. We are as truly present at the Lord's Last Supper, at his death and resurrection, at his death as they were. And he, we, when we are at Mass, we, the Lord Jesus himself is making present to us his Last Supper. Uh, and his death and resurrection. And when we receive him, we, we, we are so blessed to have him physically. <laughs> St. John Chrysostom says, you, 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 uh, you, know, you are like the apostles, but you not only see him and hold him, you eat him. Mm. How blessed we are, how absolutely blessed we are. Sister Marianne Fatula. <laughs> Uh, uh, from the Dominican Sisters of Peace right here in Columbus. And we're talking about the wonders of the Mass and the Eucharist. And Sister, well, so many of our hearts are hardened. And I, I think just the wonder and awe, um, we, we just have lost that sense of wonder of uh, and, and awe. And going into Advent or, you know, approaching Christmas, it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so important for us to rediscover yeah. that, uh, that childlike wonder. And you, you, yeah. you mentioned tenderness, uh, several times yeah. and, and you selected St. <laughs> John Chrysostom yeah. and the subtitle of, of his section is the mysteries of tenderness. Yes, I, I, I mean, I love all the saints that, that I wrote about. I feel the Holy Spirit really did draw me to the most uh, tender of saints. But he, in particular, um, there, there, he, uh, in fact, a friend just um, texted me and said, uh, he was reading the book, and he, he said, oh, it just strikes me that, that how the Lord draws us n- not by his power, but by his tenderness. And St. John Chrysostom's writings are filled 
with that tenderness. I mean, he, for example, he stresses that uh, he he says those who love strongly want to be united most intimately to their loved ones. And I would put it this way: you know, a text, especially as we approach Christmas, a text isn't enough. Phone calls, no, we want to hold <laughs> our loved ones in our arms. We want to physically be with them. And the Lord satisfies this uh, deep desire within us in in ways that are infinitely beyond all that we could imagine. And and St. John Chrysostom, he, I mean, he even speaks about lovers. He says, you know, lovers cannot get close enough to those uh, they love. And and so it, he, 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 he speaks about the Lord um, allowing, quotation marks, uh, the beloved disciple John to lie on his heart at the Last Supper. And, and uh, John Chrysostom says, why did the Lord allow such boldness, such tenderness to them, not just to John the Apostle, because he says John the Apostle is all of us. And, and that's what happens at Mass. We, we are, I mean, we really, we are there at the Last Supper. We are resting on the heart of the Lord. And when we receive him in the Eucharist, and that's the whole purpose of the Mass, the Mass is the Last Supper, which the Lord Jesus makes present to us. And the purpose of the Last Supper, of the Supper, is for us to eat. Mm-hmm. And what he gives us to eat is his precious body and blood. And so, again, and of course, St. Thomas Aquinas, who who loved John Chrysostom, uh, and, and also St. John Henry Newman, both dearly loved St. John Chrysostom, they are filled with that tenderness also, but... I think my friend really did strike a chord in the hearts of all of us when he said, you know, we are, we're not so much drawn by, I mean, we are drawn by the power of the Lord to heal, but nothing draws our hearts like tenderness, mm. and nothing can compare to the infinite tenderness of the Lord Jesus, who physically, <laughs> intimately, physically gives himself to us, as St. John Chrysostom says, not only to, to behold, to hold, but also to eat. Mm-hmm. Sister Marianne Fatula uh, is with us here in the cafe. In the, the Eucharist, well, when you when you come together for a meal, there's there's a unity in breaking bread together, right? Uh, yeah. and, and, and 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 sharing a meal, and it isn't that done through the Eucharist as well. I mean, it it, it brings us together <laughs> in the mystical oh. body. But then it also um, impels us, I, I think, using your words, uh, to, to love each other better. Yes, and that is an, a beautiful insight of St. Thomas Aquinas. I, he, he calls, following um, St. Augustine, he calls the Eucharist the sacrament of love. And, and he says that the deepest effect of receiving the Lord Jesus in the Eucharist is to be united intimately with him, uh, you know, flesh with flesh, bone with bone, blood with blood, but also because of this, to be united more physically, truly, intimately, spiritually with those we love and with all those uh, actually who are in the church, especially those who are present in the church with us. I know, I'm sure we've all experienced this, that those who are able and blessed to go to Mass with um, their loved ones experience a, a deep bond there. Um, yeah, I, this is a parenthesis, but I, I must say how blessed we are in the Catholic Church that in for those who are going to get married, they 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 are present at the Lord's Last Supper, 
and that they first receive together the precious body and blood of the Lord Jesus to be united to him before they unite themselves to each other, because they will unite themselves to each other in him. And so I, I know we, ex- I, I know I've experienced this uh, if I've been at Mass with people uh, in the old days when I was uh, in a parish, and people I didn't even know, but you feel a bond with them. And mm-hmm. it's so, so receiving the Lord in the Eucharist does really and truly deepen our love, because we're filled with the Lord's own love, our capacity to love, even those we find it hard to love, <laughs> and there are plenty around probably could become, we find it difficult to love. But I don't know, there, be, there begins to be a peace in our souls. Things just don't bother us um, yeah. as they used to. They, they, they're like, they, they, they go over our head because, because we're living in the heaven within us that the Lord himself creates. I mean, when he comes to us, sanctifying grace is deepened within us, as uh, St. Thomas reminds us. And therefore, our our soul becomes truly his heaven, the Blessed Trinity's heaven, Um, not not simply for the the limited amount of time that the Lord is physically present within us in the Eucharist, but also throughout the whole entire day. I mean, we bear heaven within us. And the saints say that, Therese says that, you know, Teresa of Avila, uh, John Vianney, we bear uh, St. John Chrysostom himself, he says, we bear heaven within us. And we begin to experience that. Once we start going to Mass with that, uh, that deepened awareness and, and, and praying for it as a gift, as a grace, to, to know where we really are, we, we'll find, I guarantee you, we will find deeper peace within our souls, deeper contentment. Things just don't bother us the way they used to bother us before. Yeah. And, and we, 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 we want to live in that heaven, and we start cutting out things that disturb that heaven. We, we find ourselves, we don't need all that stuff, and we don't need all that noise, because we bear heaven within us. And this all is due to the Lord's giving himself to us uh, in, uh, in the Eucharist. Which is impossible without the math, of course. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Sister Marianne Fatula is with us uh, here in the St. Gabriel Cafe. Can you believe we're wrapping up November? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, the, the reason I bring that up is, uh, you know, in a particular way, you know, in November we um, remember all the saints and all the souls, yeah. right? And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's nowhere, and there's a lot of consolation I, I've I've experienced at Mass where we say the veil between heaven and earth is at its thinnest and to mm-hmm. not only be in the presence of those around us in the pews, but all the saints oh, and all the souls mm-hmm. were celebrating, uh, the feast together. Amen. Oh, I have, Oh, I, I must say, Dave, I, I have experienced this so many times that, uh, when I met mass at the, I mean, well, St. John Chrysostom again says, when you are at Mass and you see the priest and the people empurpled with the precious blood, how can you believe that you are still on earth? And, uh, and so all of heaven is with us. I, I feel so much more deeply united to all of my loved ones in heaven. I mean, the, the, the whole the church, the chapel is filled <laughs> with all of the, the loved ones in heaven, with all of heaven, with the saints and the angels, our Blessed Mother. Um, I mean, it's crowded. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, room for more, isn't there? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, sister, with with the Eucharistic revival, 
boy, I, I'm not looking to press, you know, the easy button on this. Mm-hmm. But how, how do we really um, find this this revival? Uh, just talking to you, I get fired up about the mass uh, and, 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 and the Eucharist. How, what's the best way for us to share this joy, the, this well, this reality mm-hmm. with others who haven't experienced or who have hardened hearts towards uh, to this reality? Well, of course, the first thing is prayer. And, and um, I, I mean, as a Dominican, we are so, so deeply... Um, engrossed in the mystery of grace, to, to pray for it as a grace in ourselves, first of all, and those we love. But first of all, to say, oh, my sweet Holy Spirit, give me the grace to begin to see what is truly happening at Mass. When I read these beautiful saints, the profound insights, let me start seeing what they saw with their eyes closed, but with the eyes of their, their faith. And, and, and therefore, uh, let me um, just I find that uh, in praying for our loved ones, but there may be one person we would think about just mentioning the possibility mm. of coming to Mass with us or, or to Eucharistic Adoration. Just one person. It's one person at a time. <laughs> and yeah. I know we all experience there are people in our own families we wouldn't even touch with a 10-foot pole <laughs> in terms of bringing up <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, <laughs> these sacred mysteries, but we can pray for them and and uh, I mean, prayer works miracles. Asking you shall receive, uh, but also just—I mean, it's, it's like Mother Teresa would say. I mean, it's one soul at a time. Just maybe there's someone we. Oh, I know. I actually just mentioned to to a couple of people. I know. You know, maybe this would be a good time to start. This would be one mass during the week, and they've started to do it. And one person just told me, I, I don't, it's addictive. I, I have to start trying to get there more often than once a week. I mean, of course, besides Sunday. So I, I think it's uh, the Holy Spirit will, will draw our hearts uh, to pray for these graces for ourselves and for others and for those we love, but also maybe to, to, to try to draw someone to just come with me, see what you think. Mm. And what a great, uh, habit to form or a commitment to make at the beginning of Advent. Absolutely. And, you know, if I may humbly say so, because nothing in that book is mine. Again, it's all from the saints. This this little book, um, The Wonders of the Mass and the Eucharist, would make a lovely Christmas gift for, for someone dear to us. Um, because, uh, to me, I, I must say, these these beautiful writings of the saints, they are treasures. That if the, This is not like a book you look at it and you say, oh, okay, I read that. No, you're drawn back to <laughs> I mean, I, I find myself going back and back and back, you know, St. Elizabeth's and Seton, so many beautiful, beautiful insights. So this is, this is a book filled with um, insights from the saints, and I, and I try to use their words, their own words, that draws our hearts, and, and it, this is a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I love it, yeah. And published by so- Sophia Press, and as, as we say, it's available wherever fine books are sold. <laughs> did, did you have a, a cam in class? No, I didn't have that privilege. <laughs> but a dear a former student of mine who's now a professor at Ohio Dominican, Dr. Robert Parks, had her as a uh, student. And uh, I'm, I'm positive that he was deeply blessed by her and she by him. And I wish I had been able to share in that joy. <laughs> well, it's a joy to have you with us uh, here, sister. Can um 
Can you come back and join us sometime? Oh, I'd love to. Love to continue <laughs> this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you um uh, close our time together uh, in prayer? Yes. So, dearest beloved Father, most tender Jesus, most sweet Holy Spirit, uh, let everything in us adore you and give glory to you. Let there be nothing within us that does not glorify you. In a special way, most sweet Holy Spirit, please draw our hearts to the Lord Jesus. Um, draw us to, to really see what is truly happening at Mass, to see with the eyes of faith. Draw us to fall in love with the Lord Jesus in the Eucharist. And draw us to, to live that love uh, and, and to give that love and share that love with everyone around us. And just fill our hearts with your peace. And we again praise and glorify you, dear Father. Dear blessed Jesus, most sweet Holy Spirit, amen. Amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Sister Marian Fatula, thanks for being with us. I look forward to speaking with you again. It was a joy and blessing, and may the Lord bless both of you, give you a beautiful Advent and Christmas and all of your loved ones and listeners also. Right back at you, sister. Thanks, Annie. Bye-bye. God, God bless, bless you. you. Yep. Coming up in just a minute, we're going to be joined by Teresa Vavona from the Diocese talking about the Emmaus Road Scholarship Fund. Stay with us. One of the most terrifying experiences in life is teaching your teenager to drive. (laughs) My daughter has this tendency to focus her attention right on the hood of the car. You see, she thinks that by focusing on the car itself, she'll keep it going in the right direction. Of course, there's no surer way to crash. Thankfully, she's slowly getting it. You only get where you want to go by fixing your eyes far ahead of your car. When you do that, you end up steering in the right direction. That's why worship is so important. We need a focal point that's far beyond ourselves to give us perspective and to keep our lives heading in the right direction. That focal point is the majesty and greatness of God. Try starting each day with your favorite worship song. And when you pray, don't just ask for stuff. You might end up more stressed than when you started because you sat in the presence of your problems and forgot the greatness of God. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Welcome to the Catholic Man's Minute. Men, do you feel as though God is against you? If so, you are not alone. The evil one has planted within all of our wounded hearts a lie that God is against us. Adam and Eve chose selfishness instead of selflessness, and we continue to choose slavery to sin instead of freedom to love. And because of our sins, Satan does indeed attempt to convince us, as he did our first parents, that God is against us. This is a lie. God deeply desires that we become like him, even sharing his divine life and glory. To defeat the evil one, we must resist Satan's lie by embracing silence, like St. Joseph, so that we can hear God's affirming voice, telling us how much he loves us in spite of our sin. Today, begin spending time with God in silence. Slowly, you'll begin to understand his great love for you. This has been the Catholic Man's Minute, a co-production of Catholic Men's Ministry and Fathers of St. Joseph and their daily devotional lead. For more information on these ministries and our annual men's conference, 
Go to catholicmensministry.com. Welcome back to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Cam Clutter. And our friend Teresa Vavona from the Office of Catholic Schools for the Diocese of Columbus is in the cafe. Hey, Teresa. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I almost uh, canonized you with uh, St. Teresa Vavona. (laughs) Not yet. God bless you, sister. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we want to talk about the uh, Emmaus Road Scholarship Fund. Is this the second year? This is actually the third year. Third? How did um, I miss the first yeah. year? <laughs> what? The, 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 fir- the first year was 2021, and it was definitely a shortened year. Okay. Um, that was the year that the Ohio legislature passed the law. Yeah. And so everyone was kind of scrambling, like, wait, what is this great thing that they're allowing us to do? And um, so it was December of 2021, actually December 7th of 2021, that um, our scholarship granting organization, the Emmaus Road Scholarship Fund, was certified by the state of Ohio. So it was a very short time frame at the end of that year Mm -hmm. um, that we were able to, you know, collect dollars for this scholarship fund. Um, So 2022 was kind of the, the, the real kickoff, so to speak, uh, where we were really able to push this and educate and whatnot and um, and make a big impact, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what this is doing. So, Well, as, as wonderful as sliced bread is, this is even better. <laughs> I mean, this, right. this, this is, uh, like, we, we participated last year. Um, so t- tell us what the scholarship fund is and what the opportunity is for everyone that's listening um, to help support our Catholic school students and families. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, as I mentioned, this was, you know, started in 2021. And um, what it is, is the Ohio legislature allows for donations to certify scholarship granting organizations. Um, And uh, in return for a donation to the scholarship granting organization, the donor receives a dollar-for-dollar tax credit. And we're not talking a typical federal deduction. This is a dollar-for-dollar tax credit against their Ohio tax liability, um, up to $750 for an individual or $1,500 for couples who are married filing jointly. But what that does is it really creates scholarship dollars for our Catholic schools, for families to be able to afford, you know, an authentic and... and, um, uh, accessible Catholic education. Um, we know that, you know, the economy hasn't been good to any of us, right? Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's been a struggle these past few years. And so the, um, the entrance of this scholarship granting organization opportunity has really allowed us to make that Catholic education affordable, not just for families that are currently in our schools, but also for families who you know, maybe dreaming of a Catholic education um, for their children, but for whatever reason, they've been unable to afford it. And so having these scholarship dollars, we're able to offer financial assistance to those families so that they can, their children can have a Catholic education in our diocese. Mm -hmm. Teresa Favona from the Office of Catholic Schools for the Diocese of Columbus. We're talking about the Emmaus Road Scholarship Fund. So let's make sure I have this right. So my wife and I make a donation into the fund for $1,500. Yes. The fund then receives that $1,500. Yes. 
and then the state gives me that $1,500 back. That is exactly right. What's not to love about that? Right? <laughs> it's, an, it's truly a no-brainer. And a lot of folks, when they first hear about it, they're like, no, No, it's too good to be true. There must be something, right? Yeah. Um, but no, it, it really is. I mean, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's, the state is allowing taxpayers in the state of Ohio to redirect their tax dollars to scholarships for education. Um, and so in our diocese, I mean, like I said, there, there is financial need. We know there's financial need across the entire state of Ohio. Um, we see it here in our diocese of Columbus. And so these dollars just help make that Catholic education affordable. When I think you, you, you put this with Ed Choice, I mean, the Lord's really opening doors, uh, for these families to be able to, to, um, to have a Catholic education for their child. Precisely, precisely. And even with EdChoice, which has also been a beautiful blessing and boon to us, um, you know, there is still financial need. I like to use the example of our high schools. Mm-hmm. The average tuition for our high school in the Diocese of Columbus is about $12,000. Well, with EdChoice, the maximum scholarship a family might receive is about $8,400. Well, that's just, you know, approximately $4,000 swing. For some families who may have multiple children in Catholic schools or children in college or whatever the, the financial situation may be, that the difference between the Ed Choice Scholarship and the cost of tuition can be a challenge. Um, and so, you know, last year we were fortunate to raise over $1.9 million, and those dollars are being funneled back into our schools as scholarships for students this school year. Um, it's, it's a beautiful thing. We're trying to eliminate the financial needs so that really the only choice is Catholic education or not, right? Yeah. And, of course, from where we sit, we want Catholic education for everyone who desires it for their children. And I'm really struck, Teresa, by the evangelization opportunity, too, that, like, as people— I mean, you can literally turn your tax dollars into a way for— for these students, for these children to encounter the Lord in their schools, too. Absolutely. And actually, Cam, that's a great um, segue into why we even call it the Emmaus Road Scholarship Fund. Um, It was purposeful in choosing that name. Um, You know, we know in the Gospel of Luke, the story of the road to Emmaus, and and Jesus is walking with the disciples, and their hearts are burning, but they didn't realize it, right? And, and that's what we want for our students. We want this journey. We want them to walk this journey and, and get to know the Lord um, in our Catholic schools. And so if we can eliminate that financial burden or, or take a big chunk out of it with these scholarship dollars, um, then what's there? It's, the children are there and, and their hearts are opened um, to Jesus. So. Now, practically, uh, one of tell our, our friends how to make the, this contribution, this donation. But um, also, can you, the, do you have the choice of it going into like the general fund or can you also specify uh, a, a, a particular school? Yes, absolutely. So um, we have what's called the unrestricted fund. And basically those dollars are students from any of the 50 schools in our diocese could benefit from, from 50, the unrestricted dollars. 50 schools? 50 schools, Wow, yes. yeah. Yes. Um, 
But donors also have the option to restrict it for use at a particular school or multiple schools, um, you know, where they may have, you know, maybe their children went there or their children go there, whatever it might be. So um, we do have what we call restricted funds for each of our 50 schools. And then um, the students at those schools would obviously benefit from the scholarship dollars from those restricted funds. Um, so the, the, it's up to the donor. They mm-hmm. can slice and dice it any way they want to. If they want to give it to five schools, they can certainly do that. If they want to restrict it for one school, they could do that. Or if they don't have any ties to any particular school and they just want it to help, you know, students in the greatest need, then they could, um, you know, put it in the unrestricted fund. And those are all choices that can be made on our website. Um, we do make it very easy for a donor to give on our website, which is Emmaus Road Scholarship. Dot org. Um, we also accept good old-fashioned checks, um, and and that's mailed to our office at 197 East Gay Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we receive those dollars, uh, our office, the Office of Catholic Schools, we generate um, an official acknowledgement and tax receipt and mail those to the donors so that they have them come tax time. And when tax time rolls around, make sure friends, that you include that letter, that receipt with your tax return. Um, yes. <laughs> very important. Very important. I speak from experience. So. Yes. The yes. magic, the, the money just doesn't magically reappear. You know, you have to include no. the letter and the receipt. But uh, right, so right. easy. Uh, I mean, yeah, it really the is. Of Ohio, they definitely were, were doing their homework, making sure that anyone who yeah. claimed it um, for 2022 did, in fact, give and, and uh, you know, We've been fortunate. We've just had such an outpouring of support from from folks all over the state of Ohio, not just in our diocese. And and actually, I'd like to make that clarification as well. Yeah, please. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to live in the Diocese of Columbus to be able to give to our scholarship granting organization. Um, You just have to be an Ohio resident to be able to claim the tax credit. So even if grandma and grandpa, if anyone's listening, they live, you know, outside of the state of Ohio and they want to give to the fund, we're certainly able to accept mm-hmm. those donations. We just can't provide a receipt for the tax credit because they're not Ohio residents. Well, and, um, and also I would say you don't have to be in the Diocese of Columbus. So we have a lot of family members throughout the state. As long as they're absolutely. in the state of Ohio, they can take advantage of the uh, tax credit. So. Correct. This That's is correct. awesome, and I know that information is starting to show up in bulletins with a, a QR code that makes it very easy uh, yeah. to to connect. And the deadline is uh, actually the the deadline was changed this year. Um, the deadline is the federal tax filing deadline. Oh, good. In, in April, yes. Um, okay. So they extended that to April fifteenth, twenty twenty four. Um, we do like to make the clarification that donations received through December 31st of 2023, those are the dollars that will be allocated for scholarships for the 2024-25 academic year. Um, so we, you know, distribute scholarships based on what's collected in a calendar year. Yep. Teresa, I got to let you go. They are waiting to see what their tax liability yeah. might be. The music's playing, Teresa. The <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Thank you. The music's playing. God bless you, Teresa. 
And glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.